This week on Viewpoints. The refugee resettlement program in this country expects refugees to achieve self-sufficiency within 90 days. The immense challenges of building a new life in an unfamiliar place. Then, the scale of sugar production, the scale of these land estates that we call plantations was vastly ramped up and that enslavement became for the first time in European history entirely racialized. The untold narrative of early European exploitation. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So instead, we're going to hire a professional voice actor and pay him absurd amounts of money to say... I like this product. Hmm, not sure why that was better. I mean, I'm a professional too. But we didn't pay him to say the business part, so back to me. Save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. Sorry, I know hearing me say it was a bit of a letdown. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. As of last month, there are more than 27 million refugees across the world. This is the highest number ever recorded, according to the UN. A large proportion of these people originate from Syria, Venezuela, and Afghanistan. Each year, the U.S. hosts thousands of refugees from various countries, but with increasing conflicts in the Middle East and the ongoing war in Ukraine, This refugee cap has been raised to 125,000 people per year. While this may seem like a high number, it's minuscule compared to other countries. Turkey is currently the largest host country in the world, currently home to 3.8 million refugees. I think there's this misconception that refugees leave their countries by choice. And for refugees, there isn't a choice. You're forced to leave home, whether it's because of persecution or fear of being harmed or war or famine. You don't have a choice. And it's like I always ask people, it's like, what would it take for you to leave your home and your country? And there's no choice in it, right? That's Luma Muffley, the CEO and founder of the educational nonprofit Fugees Family. She says no one has an easy time leaving their home country. It's not just a place where they live, but it embodies their culture, customs, and identity. Dr. Dia Abdo adds that these refugees meet a very specific set of circumstances that have left them with no other choice. The reason a person becomes designated as a refugee is because they cannot return to their country for fear for their life and their family's life. So a person becomes a refugee because they are persecuted and have to leave their country because of a well-founded fear. And it's really based on five factors. It's political identity, nationality, ethnicity, race, and religion. 
Um, and so many refugees leave, almost all refugees leave because they cannot stay. It is dangerous to stay. They are fleeing war. They are fleeing terrorism. They are fleeing death. They're fleeing conflict. Abdo is a second-generation Palestinian refugee born and raised in Jordan and the author of American Refuge, True Stories of the Refugee Experience. In 2015, Abdo founded the organization Every Campus a Refuge, which helps house refugee families on university campuses and supports their resettlement. Abdo says that this population enters the U.S. with several challenges stacked up against them. When refugees arrive in this country, they only get a one-time stipend of $1,000, give or takes, maybe it's $1,025 per person. So that's the only fund that they get. That's the welcome fund that they get. And they also have to pay back their plane ticket that brought them to the U.S. So in many ways, they've incurred debt almost immediately. So there's very little material resources. There's the trauma. There's also the challenge of language and language barriers, especially if they have limited proficiency in English. Of course, they speak many other languages, but to be able to access the majority of the social services in this country, the health systems, the social systems, you need to be fluent in English and to understand how phone systems work and to understand how transportation works. So there's that challenge of language. Abdo points out that the refugee resettlement program in the U.S. expects this population to achieve self-sufficiency within 90 days. That means being able to stand up on your own two feet and pay your rent and take care of your kids and have a job within 90 days. So if you factor in the trauma, the language challenge, potentially, the material challenge, the financial challenge, it really adds up as a recipe for failure, not for success for most refugees. This leads to many refugees being stuck in limbo. They're not able to go back to their home countries because of prolonged conflict and destruction, but they don't have the resources to properly build a life in the place they now live. Most refugees, 99% of refugees, remain in refugee camps or unsettled or settled in some way in parts of the world where they do not achieve belonging and citizenship and welcome. Abdo argues that refugees entering the U.S. or any other country also need adequate mental health services in order to unpack and work through this trauma. You are a refugee because you have escaped, really, by the skin of your teeth, a bomb or an explosion or a massacre, right? So there is a great deal of trauma that refugees have, not only from the moment of rupture, which causes them to leave, but also the traumatic experience since then, right? So when refugees leave their country, it's not an easy trip to resettlement. In fact, it takes years, right? Refugees leave, they land somewhere in a country next door where they live in refugee camps. And that life in itself is traumatic because you are essentially, you're stateless, right? You're living in a refugee camp. So you don't have access to citizenship. You don't have access to the benefits that citizens of that country have. You have to make do living in that refugee camp. Both Abdo and Muffley believe that there need to be better support systems in place to create a network that refugees can rely on. This not only includes greater access to mental health services, education, and job training, but also a helping hand in cultural assimilation. Small things like having a meal with my college friends and I double dipped. I didn't know what double dipping was because in Arab culture, you share a plate, everybody's eating out the same big communal plate. In America, you don't do that. And I was like, what? You just double dip. It's normal, right? 
democracy. I hadn't lived in a democracy and understanding what that was and what my vote meant. And then it's like everything. It's like you're part of you, like you're transported into a new world. People may look like you, but you've got some big differences and trying to figure out what they were and how to adjust. Muffley adds that a welcoming atmosphere is essential in setting up refugees for success. Have a neighbor greet them at the airport, right? Like not a caseworker. Have familiar food in their apartment when they arrive. You know, simple things. And I mean, we're a nation of immigrants. Pair them up with someone from similar background that can be their host family. Things I had when I came as an international student here was a host family. It was awesome, right? Like I had a place to go for Thanksgiving. They taught me like where to go to get a bank account, like these, my driver's license. I didn't feel like a customer. I felt like this is a relationship. These are people that care about me. Abdo also agrees that embracing refugees begins at the community level. Her organization, Every Campus a Refuge, supports people during this critical period. She says that college campuses are a perfect setting for this kind of program because it has key resources like housing, health clinics, and cafeterias. We say that it's a way for us to offer refugees a softer landing and a stronger beginning so that they're not hitting the ground running. The Refugee Resettlement Program really expects folks to hit the ground running. This gives folks a few months where they can settle in, not spend that welcome fund, get a job, get their social security numbers, and then save their money and then find a place in the city where they would like to live. It's important to remember that sometimes the smallest gestures can make all the difference to someone in an unfamiliar place. To find out more about this topic and our guests, Dr. Dia Abdo and Luma Muffley, visit viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri and Grace Galanti. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, digging into the lesser-known narrative of early Africa when Viewpoints returns. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the summer fun sale July 29th through August 8th and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $27.29. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, 35% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only, some exclusion supplies. See store for details. Gain presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain Flings. Add Gain Scent Beads for an even longer lasting scent. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Ray Maliotza here for eBay Motors. 
You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. <laughs> Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. That <laughs> looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Europe is often hailed as the birthplace of the modern world. Children are taught in history class that civilizations such as the Greeks and Romans played a critical role to the development of today's society. In varying studies, such as literature, philosophy, trade, politics, and more, these empires were imperative. Even after these civilizations crumbled, History books follow the triumphs of various leaders across the continent that continued to bring power to Europe. However, some experts argue that these storylines leave out the darker side of early human history, a side in which Europe's contributions are praised while those that they exploit are erased. One such historian argues that Africa has largely been ignored in modern history, despite its pivotal role as a catalyst for Western civilization. Howard French is a professor of journalism at Columbia University and the author of Born in Blackness, Africa, Africans, and the Making of the Modern World, 1471 to the Second World War. The standard story that I had understood and which I think we are all taught is that this thing called the Age of Discovery in 16th century or beginning in the late 15th century was about finding a maritime route to Asia, and that Africa, if it's mentioned at all, was just merely an obstacle or something, an inert entity with no intrinsic value that had to be sort of circumnavigated in order to reach Asia, which was the only point of interest to the Europeans. And this discovery working on a book about China bluntly contradicted that and showed that beginning in the early decades of the 15th century, the Portuguese had set out on a series of voyages down the African coast, convinced that the most important source of wealth in the world was not in Asia, but in Africa, in West Africa specifically. In his book, French highlights the rise of Africa in the 14th century to one lesser-known historical figure called Mansa Musa. Musa was the great king and leader of Mali, one of the largest and richest empires in West Africa. Under his reign, the continent became a central hub for culture and trade. Mansa Musa oversaw the transition of his empire from what is often crudely called animistic religions to Islam in this period in the early 14th century. And in 1324, Mansa Musa set off on pilgrimage to Mecca and transiting 3,500 miles of the Sahara, first stopping in Cairo and carried with him 18 tons of gold, pure gold. Gold was the most important economic product of Mali by far. And as it soon became clear, Mali was the richest source of gold known in the world by far also at that time. Musa's vast wealth, largely made up of gold, soon attracted the attention of Europe's leaders following his travels to Mecca. 
So Monta Musa shows up in Cairo with 18 tons of gold. No one had ever seen any individual or even kingdom in the possession of so much pure gold at any given moment. And he begins dispensing this gold in radical acts of patronage, uh, handing it out almost, uh, giving it to potentates and to religious leaders and sometimes even common people along the way. And so much gold was distributed that this ended up depressing the price of gold on world markets. When I say world markets in this context, I mean throughout the sort of broad Mediterranean world. And so gold prices become depressed for about a decade or more, and word spreads quickly into Europe of this fantastic sovereign from Africa who controls unheard of amounts of gold. And this fires the imagination of Europeans in the latter part of the 14th century, meaning in the late 1300s. French argues that stories of Musa's wealth and power are what kicked off the Age of Discovery in Europe, in which explorers would map and sail the world in search of this source of fabled gold. The Portuguese in the early 1400s begin sending convoys of ships further and further down the coast of West Africa, looking for traces of this gold and having to overcome their own superstitions about the flatness of the earth and the dangers at sea, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, in 1471, a year which figures in the subtitle of my book, they arrive in the what is now a modern nation called Ghana on the coast. They discover even among ordinary commoners, gold is so abundant that pretty much everyone seems to have some. And so this is their eureka moment. They have finally arrived, finding the thing that they had been obsessed with finding and a few years later, establish a gigantic trading center, which, which is fortified and therefore, let's call it a fort at a place called Elmina. And it is my argument in this book that this is the real starting event of the modern age. According to French, African gold wasn't the only resource the West grew rich on. The early 1500s marked the beginning of plantation agriculture that primarily took hold in Central Africa. The plantation, as we know it under that term, was the most important economic innovation of the modern era prior to industrialization. In other words, no other innovation, economically speaking, as horrible as plantations were, even holds a candle to the impact that plantation agriculture had on the world. In an effort to exponentially increase their production of sugarcane, Portugal became the first to adopt the exploitative system of plantation labor. What happens in Sao Tome is that the scale of sugar production, the scale of these land estates that we call plantations was vastly ramped up and that enslavement became for the first time in European history entirely racialized. In other words, the only people put to work growing sugar in the sort of most punishing aspects of the growth of this crop were Africans. The exploitation of Africans marked a grave era in history as slave labor expanded throughout Europe for centuries and eventually spread outwards. Portugal, via its use of slave labor in Brazil using the prison labor camp, makes far more money over the next hundred years via sugar than Spain made in the capturing of gold and silver in the Americas. And even more dramatically, from the 1630s to the late 1600s, 1630 is the year in which England took control of the island, also at that time uninhabited of Barbados in the Caribbean. From the 1630s, when the England captures Barbados and then begins to grow sugar there until the 1680s or thereabouts, England also made more money extracting value from the forced labor of enslaved people growing sugar than the Spaniards did in all of the gold and silver trade. 
French concluded with a reminder to the modern West that life as we know it would have never been possible without the resources and slave labor forcibly brought over from Africa. Four times more Africans were brought to the New World than Europeans up until the year 1820. What does this tell us? This tells us that it was the labor of those Africans often worked to death in plantations, this prettified term, sometimes worked brutally in other tasks, such as clearing of roads, digging of canals, felling of trees and forests, filling in of swamps, basically anything punishing or undesirable. The Africans were consigned to doing. It was their labor that made this concept of a West viable. There could have been, along the timeline we're familiar with, no possibility of the development of a new world that would have been profitable in the scale that it turned out to be for Europe of a West without an Africa. It was Africa and Africans. Without experts like French taking time to study these lesser known narratives and bring them to the surface, the same dominant storylines would be repeated throughout textbooks. It's important to remember that history is merely a recollection from humans, and sometimes an important perspective may have been overlooked. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Howard French, visit viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out his book, Born in Blackness, Africa, Africans, and the Making of the Modern World, 1471 to the Second World War, available online now and in bookstores. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Alex Winton. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. Are you looking for an escape? An immersive getaway? There's a place for all your wildest dreams. Perhaps you enjoy rapping along to Paperboy, or you believe that blessed be the fruit, or you dream of yelling, huzzah! So whether you're sworn to Team Kim, or you just want a mystery murder, there's a place for you. From Atlanta to only murders in the building, to the Kardashians and more, it's all on Hulu. Check into your obsessions. Hulu subscription required. Terms apply. Visit Hulu.com for plan details. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. This is Viewpoints Explained. I'm Ebony McMorris. There's been a lot of shortages lately from baby formula to feminine hygiene products to even sriracha. It seems like sold out signs are popping up at every corner. This also includes larger purchases like buying a home. The U.S. is now facing an alarming housing shortage across the board. Many places simply don't have enough stock to meet rising demand. Although it has been a long ongoing problem for some hot real estate cities like Seattle and San Francisco, it's now hitting communities across the country. Residents in small cities like Springfield, Missouri and Appleton, Wisconsin are now struggling to find affordable housing. 
The pandemic is one big contributing factor here. For several months, construction of new residences came to a halt because of production delays and labor shortages. At the same time, more Americans moved out of apartments and into homes to get more space. With increased demand and a general lack of supply, this imbalance led to inflated prices. Take Phoenix, for example. Home prices in the city have risen more than 60% between 2020 and 2022. That's according to Redfin.com. To combat this crisis, Congress is pushing for more funding for affordable housing programs and is working to ease zoning restrictions for new construction. Here's to hoping there's more reasonably priced houses coming to a market near you soon. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. Usually, the song of the summer is some trendy pop hit from a rising star or an already prominent household name. Think Despacito by Luis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee, and Justin Bieber, or Last Year's Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Some promising candidates for this year included songs from Harry Styles, Lizzo, and Beyonce. And yes, they all made songs that went viral, scored hot weeks on the charts, and have the culture in a headlock. That's true. But still, I would say the song of the summer is pretty definitively running up that hill, A Deal With God, a 1985 synth-pop anthem by Kate Bush that had already secured its place at number 60 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time before this summer. Then, in May, the Netflix sensation Stranger Things featured the tune in a tense fan-favorite scene, and from there, the song took off on social media. Just a few months later, the song has been covered endlessly, sped up, slowed down, and blasted on many highways across the world. Summer 2022 has seen this 37-year-old pop smash soar to number one on the UK's song charts and become Bush's first ever top five song on the U.S. Billboard chart. In an era when anthematic pop songs from Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, and Sabrina Carpenter has revived interest in female icons of yesteryear, like Alanis Morissette, Avril Lavigne, and others, it does make some sense. Kate Bush was primed for a revival, and then a hit Netflix series was just the catalyst it needed. But still, the success of Running Up That Hill is mind-boggling stuff. Summer 2022 will always remain one for the record books as a result. The summer when a song reached across time and resonated with a new generation. That's the power of great art. So congratulations to Kate Bush and her song on a truly unprecedented journey. I'm Evan Rook. Did you book the Townsend's 10th anniversary tickets? Alona's travel agency is overbooked and experiencing delays. She needs to land a new project manager to clear her business's runways. Yes, Mrs. O'Hara, we checked. Pygmy goats do not count as emotional support animals. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by interviewing on Indeed. Visit indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? 
You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Viewpoints.